Hello, good people. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing today? Let's talk a little fantasy football. This is the Fantasy Unleashed podcast. I am Josh Selway. We're nearing the week 13 slate. We've made it. By God, we've made it. And you know, I was listening to the PFF podcast and they had Adam Schefter on. This is a little philosophy unleashed real quick. Philosophy with an F so it stays on brand. We're a very philosophical crew here. We like going galaxy brain mode. And Adam Schefter discussed this tweet he put out simply saying that the NFL has yet to cancel a game. That's all it said. Just facts. And people, he said people took it as he was defending the NFL or kissing their ass. I don't know what he was doing, but he was just pointing out they've, got, they've gotten it done. All they care about is putting on the games and they've gotten it done as so many other things in our society can't get it done, whatever they're trying to do, right? But the NFL is getting their job done. And this is an important lesson. It's a simple lesson. It's one that you probably already know intuitively, but you need to recognize it explicitly. And that is you never, ever bet against the money. Wherever the money's going, wherever the money wants to go, that's what's going to happen. The big money wins. This is the United States of America. If the NFL wants to play, it's going to play. And by God, it's played. So remember that. You know, one thing I was thinking about was people got all up in arms when Joe Biden said whatever he said about the oil and gas industry. And I've had people tell me, well, these new energy sources, they're not going to take off. Renewable energies, that ain't going to happen. Oil and gas ain't going to go away. Listen, I don't care about politics or however this is politicized. I am an objective person. And I just like thinking through things logically. And if you follow the rule, don't bet against the money. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what we've done for the past 100 years. It doesn't matter about sadly to say, people's jobs or what the industries are like now, if those new technologies become cheaper and they're better and those companies are growing and people invest in those companies and that's where the money's going, those are going to be the winners. Don't bet against it. There's your philosophy unleashed for today. Follow the money. Never bet against the money. No matter what, don't forget it. And speaking of money, There's some things to hit on here in the world of fantasy, in the business world of fantasy. So just this week, we had Flutter Entertainment. So Flutter, there there was like, this is all hard to keep track of, okay? There was a company, that company merged with another company, blah, 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 blah. But now it ended up into Flutter Entertainment, which is basically the holding company that owned Fandle, and they're based in Ireland. So this company just upped its stake in Fandle. So they now have a 95% stake in Fandle. They acquired that greater percentage from uh, Fastball, and that was valued at more than $4.1 billion. More money flowing into fantasy. You have Barstool Sports saying that their sports app is going to be in every state where sports betting is legal in 2021. And it's been interesting to follow Pen Gaming because they have the Barstool stake in Pen Gaming since 
the March lows. That stock has, <laughs> it was down near $4 back in March. And you degenerates pumped this bitch all the way up to $71. Now, maybe you're a good math person. I am not. Let's see. I saw 414 as a low price. And then let's just put 72. Let's, that is a 1,600% gain, roughly, for Penn stock. So that's fun. Good times there. And then we can look over at DraftKings. And DraftKings hit the public markets back in April, up and down, up and down. You know, it began trading below $20, got all the way up to $64 range. And now DraftKings is sitting right near $50. Recently reported earnings, and they actually give, if you go to DraftKings Investor Relations, they actually give some good presentations. Some companies don't really do that. And you got to be like really nerdy and do a lot of digging to get and just be able to read through a bunch of long paragraphs to get a lot of good details from some of these companies or they don't really give it in clear fashion. But DraftKings actually puts together some easy to understand, easy to view presentations that you can go and just check how their business is doing. And they probably know that because they probably do that because they know that they're a lot of their investors are just young people who want things as easy as possible, right? So that's where you are with those two stocks as these industries continue to grow. And as I said, Flutter acquiring a greater stake in FanDuel in the aquarium, boosting it from 57% stake up to 95% stake. They now own almost all of it. And that was, they bought this new 37% stake for $4.1 billion. Uh, in response to this deal, they said, this is probably FanDuel CEO, yeah, Matt King, he says, as the first online operator to reach more than $1 billion in global gaming revenues with around $850 million expected in net revenue this year, we now have 9.5 million customers betting across our best-in-class product verticals in a 43% market share in the States. So the battle rages on. FanDuel, DraftKings. You have Underdog Fantasy getting in here. Mark Cuban invested in them. And of course, Fantasy Unleashed. When are we going to IPO? I don't know. Might be a couple years. We'll see. As far as what we're playing is what we're, what we're focused on here. For Fantasy, it's definitely not FanDuel. I don't give a shit how many customers they have or how nice their product verticals are or what their market share is. We are playing DraftKings over here. And this morning, I simply want to go through three different builds just to get started. A few different stacks with runbacks. And we're just going to make this real easy to get a feel of the slate. Just reach your hand in there and start massaging it around. Just get a feel for it. Scoop it up. Let it trickle through your fingers. Just be familiarize yourself with it. Get in there. So let's start. Three different stacks, three different build skeletons, whatever the hell you want to call it. We're starting at the top. We're going to do expensive. We're going to do middle, and we're going to do cheap. So let's start with the prime real estate here, supposedly. So this week at quarterback, Russell Wilson at the top 77, but they're starting to run the ball a little more. So there's some question marks there. Kyler Murray, practice in full, but still people a little concerned about the shoulder, the throwing arm. He's 7,600. Well... Also not a great matchup against the Rams, who've been good. And actually, for these examples, 
we're going to put the Rams defense in the skeleton to start because it's right in the middle. So that's an easy place to start. They're 3,200. They've been a really good defense. So we're just going to put them in there as a placeholder. If you want to go with the defense right in the middle, actually Seattle's defense going against Colt McCoy is right in that price range too. So that could be a good example to use here. But We'll just put the Rams in there for now, 3,200. So this first build, those first two quarterbacks, as I said, may not draw as much ownership as usual. The third quarterback, Deshaun Watson, he might. He loses Will Fuller, and now he's at home against Indy, who might be without DeForest Buckner once again. Deshaun Watson at 7,500. Now the key here is that his new number one wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, at 5,600 is almost certainly certainly going to be the highest owned wide receiver on this slate. So if you plug in Deshaun, Brandon Cooks, then you want to look for a run back. And for me, it's got to be Michael Pittman Jr. at 4,900. There are no good cheap receivers this week. It is disgusting. It is disgusting. And at 4,900, Michael Pittman Jr. didn't, didn't do anything last week, but he did see nine targets. When I was watching, I saw him drop a pretty ugly slant pass, but I'm going to forgive him for that because I think he can make plays here. If this game does score more than people would think, he could come through at that price with that type of volume. So as I said, though, other cheap receivers, everyone's going to be looking at Kiki Kuti. And what, for me, the first thing I'm thinking about here is that if Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kuti are two of the highest played wide receivers on this slate, that is disgusting and not something I really want to be a part of. Now, I still may land on Cooks if there's a last piece. That's really hard to play Brandon Cooks as the highest-owned guy in the entire slate. Like, really? I mean, I get the price is cheap and he's going to be the number one, but I don't know. That's tough. But if you wanted to run that, that could be how you brought it back. And let me also say for these builds, I'm throwing in Robert Tanyan at tight end. 3700 I think that's the range most people are going to live in, 37 to 42, that range. Grab a tight end in there. Robert Tanyan plays the Eagles, who have been hurt by tight ends. Uh, you know, tight end, it is what it is. There's, Kelsey's not on this slate. Who are you going to play? I don't know. Find someone to punt with. But Tanyan at 3,700, I think, is fair against a good matchup at home. I mean, what else do you want from a tight end? So I'm plugging him in there as a placeholder like like the defense. So if I went in here and I plugged in Kiki QT, I can't see myself doing this. Maybe it's even that rookie Isaiah Coulter. But if you go Watson, Cooks, Michael Pittman Jr., Kiki Cutie, Robert Tanyan with the Rams defense, you have $7,200 on average remaining per player. So there's a lot you could do. You could do with that. You could go down to Austin Eckler, who's projected to be one of the highest owned players on the slate. You can get him easily. Then you could, if you even wanted to save money with uh, another running back, David Montgomery, if you're disgusting. Jonathan Taylor, if you're a sicko. Devontae Booker against the Jets. That that five, $5,500 range on DraftKings at running back. Extremely interesting. Wayne Gallman right there. But you don't even need that. You could plug in Nick Chubb and then still have 6800 remaining for a flex and get a, an Allen Robinson or DeAndre Swift or Devontae Parker and still have some money left over. So those Watson builds, if you're really going with the triple or the double stack with Kiki, and if you want to do a Michael Pittman Jr. run back, you have a lot of money to work with left. So I can see that one. I can see that one. 
Now if we jump over to build number two, and this one starts with Ryan Tannehill, the week's highest over-under, the Browns and Titans. In Tennessee, Browns defense still without Denzel Ward, I believe. I think Miles Garrett's coming back. Should I know these things? Maybe. But leave me alone. You get on Twitter. You read Twitter all day. It's not as easy as it looks. So again, I got Robert Tanyan plugged in here as my placeholder. I got the Rams D as my placeholder. And we're starting with the Tennessee stack with Nick Chubb as the runback. And it's funny how the fantasy community has now just fallen back in love with Nick Chubb. A few weeks ago, everyone's on Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Oh, well, you know, Kareem Hunt gets the targets. And if it's an even workload, that makes him more valuable. And two weeks later, it's like, well, now it's Nick Chubb. Now it's Nick Chubb. He had a great game. Now it's Nick Chubb. Cream Hunt's a little banged up. I mean, that, that may be right. I mean, it probably is right. But it's just one of those things with Nick Chubb where people can't properly balance the dude's talent, his unreal talent, with his murky situation. It's like you just need to keep betting on the talent. Don't let the situation trump talent like that. Focus on the talent when the talent, 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 when the talent is as big as Nick Chubb's. So with this build... It's obviously a lot tougher than the Watson stack because your number one piece that you're running with at A.J. Brown is $2,000 more expensive than Deshaun Watson. So this just makes everything so much tougher right off the bat. With only five guys, you know, half the lineup set, we only, we're only at $5,400 remaining per player. And if you're looking to save, as I already said, good luck. I mean, good luck. What cheap receiver are you playing? You playing Jalen Rager at forty five hundred? You playing MVS at forty four? Maybe Denzel Mims. He's starting to get some love because of the volume he's been seeing. So let's plug him in forty one hundred, just as the cheap receiver. If you're on this build, you know you're gonna need the save. So you throw in Denzel Mims fifty eight hundred average remaining per player. So you're still gonna need saving. And this is where in this type of range, many people are gonna be going to Brandon Cooks. You could do the triple with Tannehill and use Corey Davis as another salary saver. That's not a lot of fun. So if we try to fill us out from here, let's just grab another cheaper receiver. Let's say, like even Mike Williams, bad matchup. Christian Kirk hasn't been doing shit. Not a good matchup. Nelson Aguilar, questionable, non-participant in Thursday's practice, is it Henry Ruggs time? And that would correlate with our random Denzel Mims pick. Let's just do it. Let's do this here. Okay, now we got 65. Now we're cooking a little bit. 6,500 per player remaining at running back. You know, we could do one of these. We could do DeAndre Swift as our other running back and then a Devontae Parker as the flex. So that's kind of how you need to think about those builds with Tennessee. If you're going with the Titans, attacking that game, should be a popular stack, the week's highest over-under. Uh, I mean, other ways you could bring it back with Jarvis Landry instead of Nick Chubb, which would open up a lot of money. But if you're looking for different ways to stack the highest over-under, Tannehill to Derrick Henry, maybe with Corey Davis then. Run back with Chubb because both those running backs are, they're the two biggest home run threats in the NFL at the running back position. So they can change the momentum of a game just like any receiver. They have the best big playability at the position. So you can easily stack them. All right, final one here. And let's save the best for last, baby. Mitch Trubisky. He's going to be a popular play. Everyone's talked about the history. He's always done great against the Lions. Now coming against the Lions who don't have a head coach anymore. So if you want to stack Trubisky, 
Let's put in our placeholders here. Robert Tanyan. We got the Rams as the random $3,200 defense. And so if you're going Trubisky, you're probably stacking him with A-Rob. So Trubisky's only 5400 Allen Robinson, 6700 And then the run back would have to be DeAndre Swift. But here's the thing. Swift is still questionable. And you just had Adrian Peterson come out and say that, oh my goodness. So this says that he's off the, I didn't realize this. He's, he's, he's out of the conclu- concussion protocol, but he was limited. He did not participate on Thursday because of a non-COVID illness. And Adrian Peterson just had a quote that said something like Swift does not, has not been looking like himself. So I don't know what the hell is going on here, but you would imagine if it's not DeAndre Swift, I don't think you even want any part of Trubisky stacks. Maybe you play Trubisky naked and hope he runs one in and just bank on his cheap price, maybe on in uh, like cash or something. But unless this game has any type of back and forth potential, and I think the only way it gets there is with Swift active because otherwise the Lions just don't have any any big playmakers. And the best way to attack Chicago lately has been on the ground. So that is a huge question mark coming in this week. But let's say Swift is healthy and you want to play with Trubisky and you, you stack Trubisky with A-Rob. Now, I actually think one of the other best cheap receivers from the slate is Darnell Mooney, just because I can't get off Darnell Mooney. I just love him. I, I always want to play him. He's only 3,400 this this week. He hasn't done much, but he continues to see targets, and he's playing the Lions. So it's like, why not this week? Everyone else is going to be on Kiki QT. Well, I mean, really, what's the difference? What is the difference? I mean, I think Darnell Mooney is better than Kiki QT. I don't know, just from the little bit that I've paid attention. So let's throw Mooney in there, and now we can do whatever we want. You can do whatever you want. You got 7K remaining. You could go up at defense or tight end if you wanted to. But if we wanted to find some other correlations, 7K remaining per position. Need to fill out another running back. James Robinson, another guy in that range that could be popular. 7,300. I think that's the most expensive he's been all year. Yeah, he was 7K back in week nine against Houston. Put up 16 points that week. What a year from James Robinson. What a year. So if we just want to fill this one out real quick, let's say Dalvin Cook is back to questionable. Limited participant Thursday. Let's say he's healthy and we want to go all the way up to Dalvin Cook on this one since you can use that savings. I don't think you're going to want a Jacksonville. Not, well, let's not, not worry about correlating Dalvin Cook. Just a random go for the quality play. And we want one more stud receiver and then maybe a punt option. Like Devontae Parker in there. Robert Woods is interesting, I think, at that price. Just cheap receivers, so tough this week. You know, let's just for the sake of what might actually happen here, let's go ahead and throw in Brandon Cooks at the other receiver. Then we got 6K remaining for a flex, and that literally gives you nothing. Maybe Jonathan Taylor, maybe Robert Woods, but you'd really have to go back down into that Wayne Gallman, Devontae Booker, David Montgomery range. And of course, on this team with the Trubisky stack, that'd be a huge Chicago stack with David Montgomery as well. You probably wouldn't want to do that. Those are the types of builds you could work with. You know, if you did something like Derrick Henry instead of Dalvin Cook, you could open up a lot more on your flex. You could get the Chris Carson if you think he's going to get the full workload again. Oh, you're only $100 short of Devontae Parker too. And again, that is with Darnell Mooney in there at 3,400, while a lot of other people will have 
Kiki Kuti at 3,500. So that lineup again is Trubisky, Swift, say Derrick Henry, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Brandon Cooks, Robert Tanyan, and then I'm going to get off the Rams D for this one and go down to defense. Defense. Let's see. Well, if you go off the Rams, there's a big fall off. I don't really mind the Cardinals. Cardinals against the Rams. I'm just looking for a place to save some money here so I can fill out this lineup to give you an idea what it'll look like. So let's do that. We'll put the Cardinals in there. So Trubisky, Swift as a run back, Derrick Henry, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Brandon Cooks as the chalk. Mooney's kind of the pivot off the low price chalk. If you're, I don't know if that matters. Robert Tanyan, again, I like that matchup and tight end's just a shit show, so why not? I mean, if we have $200 remaining on this lineup, could get up to, ooh, Austin Hooper. I mean, right above there, we don't have enough, but Hayden Hurst, Johnny Smith, still questionable. Mike Jasicki, potentially Mike Jasicki, 4,200. Dallas Goddard's been strong. He's 4,300. I probably won't even go up higher than that. So if just leaving Tanyan in there, you round it out with Devontae Parker, who, again, if Fitzpatrick's playing, great option, probably still underpriced. And I just put in the Cardinals defense as a placeholder. I will say as a cheap defense, if you need to go lower, I think the Patriots are going to uh, probably play pretty well defensively against Justin Herbert. The history with Bill Belichick against rookie running backs is strong, and I think the Patriots' defense is still solid. And for $2,400, I think you'll probably get a couple turnovers, and they'll be able to slow down that game enough to not have a complete blowout from Justin Herbert. So those are a few builds I'm toying with this week. Maybe if the Beaver pulls his shit together he'll get an alpha plays podcast coming out otherwise be on the lookout for the unleashed report whenever i finish it if i ever do who knows maybe my life just becomes a complete disaster today and tomorrow and i don't get anything done it's always possible it's even i would say likely so that's all i have for today you fine folks if you want to only if you want to go ahead and subscribe to the fantasy unleashed podcast Go check out FantasyUnleashed.com, Fantasy Unleashed on Twitter, and we'll be seeing you around. Love you, Australia.